Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot com. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. From the king of sports books comes the king of sports podcasts. Unleashed. Presented by BetMGM. Here are your hosts, Speedy Mormon and Olivia Harlan Decker. Yo, welcome back to Unleashed from the King of Sportsbooks, BetMGM. I'm Speedy Mormon, and as always, joined by Olivia Harlan Decker. And today, our show is all about the Masters. We've got two guests who are going to talk golf and golf movies with us. From the Golf Channel, we got Damon Hack. And from the Action Network, it's Jason Sobel. Peter Andrew, our guy from BetMGM, is going to talk about betting on golf, his picks for the Masters, and we'll see how he's doing with his bets from last week. And Olivia is going to educate us on some of the finer points of the biggest event in golf. But Olivia, before all of that, we got to talk about the NCAA tournament and what a year it was and what an upset for you, at least, because your undefeated Gonzaga Zags did not win at all. I know, man. I really thought I was so disappointed with my bracket, but I kept thinking, whatever, I've got the national champion and that's huge. But everyone had Gonzaga winning. Very few people picked Baylor. But what I love is as many upsets that occurred in this March Madness, the most ever in history. So it was an incredible March. But that two one seeds battle it out for the national championship. Gonzaga, I want to say, was a four and a half point favorite. So For Baylor to pull that off and deliver them their first loss was absolutely incredible. Congratulations to the Bears and Coach Scott Drew. That was great. I mean, yeah, and also congratulations to Gonzaga. Nothing to be ashamed of, right? An undefeated season, and the only game you lose is in the championship. What a season it was. And overall, like you said, what an amazing March it's been. But now it's time to talk a little bit about golf because the Masters are here. I love Masters Week. It's it's really special. I went to school down in University of Georgia and I had so many friends from Augusta. And that's kind of when I started getting on the train. And for one year, my freshman year, my best friend from Augusta, she says, for your birthday, because my birthday is always Masters Week. That was not a shameless plug to try to get you to tell me happy birthday. But if you want to, you can. <laughs> happy birthday, Olivia. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> but my friend says, for your birthday, I want to take you to the masters. And I go, oh my gosh, that's the nicest thing ever. We get down to Augusta. I got a new dress. I read all the rules, which there are a lot of rules I, I'll get to in a minute. And we get there and she says, no, no, my buddy's going to get us a ticket. Okay. Well, the buddy doesn't call. The buddy doesn't call. We're waiting around. We're going to all the master's parties and nothing. Oh my god. Nothing. Goodness. We ended up watching on TV. So the master's broke my heart and I still have never been. I'm dying to go. Well, Olivia, you know, I'm a, a city boy born and bred and I don't get a chance or never really got the chance to hit the green as much as you did. I'm sure. How big of a golfer are you? And do you come from a big golfing family? You know, you've been golfing all your life or how extensive of a golfer are you? Oh yeah. I, I grew up taking lessons, but I've fallen back in love with it as an adult now. And my husband is from this area, Sheboygan, Wisconsin, which is right near Kohler, Wisconsin, which is home to Whistling Straits, one of the most famous golf courses in the world. So I told him for our three-year anniversary this summer, we are booking that course because it's really, really hard to get in. Um, so that's going to be our little anniversary, but it's our favorite date is to go golf. And we're so spoiled living in one of the best golfing areas in the country. So yeah, it's, it's really fun to fall back in love with it now as an adult. It seems like it might be even funner to say the word Sheboygan. That sounds amazing. Like it's a really fun <laughs> word to say. Uh, but you know, you're talking about ideal dates. The only date that I've ever been on similar was Coney Island when I got to hit the mini golf course, which is, you know, slightly different, but I must say I did hold my own on said date. You know what I'm saying? I won. So <laughs> I feel confident about that, but how excited are you in general for the masters? Oh yeah. I'm excited. It's the first major of 2021. It was the last major of 2020. You know, they did it weird this year in November. So it's so exciting. The whole golf community is so excited, but you know, the masters is is so unique. It's so special. And going to school at University of Georgia, I knew a lot of kids from Augusta. And that's kind of when I got more familiar with it. And Speedy, I've learned a lot about it. It's kind of goofy. And, you know, like you said, you're not into golf. You're, you don't play much. I, I've got to tell you some of these facts because I think your mind will be blown. So let me just start here. First of all, Augusta National, right? It's so pristine. It is so beautiful. It's one of the most famous places you can even see on TV. But I've got to tell you, the lakes, the lakes that you're going to see this Thursday when the Masters starts, you've got to know this. Golf Digest tested the water back in the 90s and found that they actually put food dye in the really? lakes. That's how they get the color. So beautiful. Yes. And then the sand it's not sand in the bunkers. It's really mining waste from aluminum mines. Whoa. So it's, it's not, you know, like any other course in the world. It's absolutely crazy. And then they have these tall gates around the whole property. And the reason is, is because there are no animals. Like members say they've never seen a squirrel on the property, on the premises. Not even a squirrel. Not even a squirrel. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. And then there's a rumor, Speedy, that there are not even birds and that if you hear birds chirping on the CBS broadcast, that that's brought in. Wow. I feel like I've been living a lie, <laughs> like the, from the food diet to yes. the mining waste to the bird sounds like this is I feel lied yep. to. And now I don't know how much I can trust anything that I watch on TV when it comes to golf. But is there an event or, or maybe a part of the Masters that just sticks out to you as the most exciting part? 
Yeah. I mean, I I think the pageantry of it all is so amazing. And like what I didn't know either is that when you win your green jacket, you've got one year to return it. I didn't know that. So you have to return it one year and you can only wear it then at the masters. Really? So that's really (sighs) special. I met Bubba Watson one time and I was thinking he was wearing his green jacket and I was like, well, how do you do that? But it was within his one year. So you've got one year. It's like, you know, when you win the Stanley cup, you get to go like parade it mm-hmm. around, but ultimately it's got to go back. But yeah. And if you win multiple masters, you don't get multiple jackets. You, you still, still just have your one, one green oh, jacket. Man. Unless that ain't fair. Unless your size changes. <laughs> See, I'm the type I'm just getting mad unnecessary weight just so I can get a second one. Yeah. Last thing for you. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. Cause you don't get to keep it. <sighs> Don't break my, listen, if I ever get good enough in golf to win a masters, <laughs> I'm going to try my best to keep the jacket. Last question for you while we're speaking about fashion, how serious, if you know, is the dress code there for spectators? Is it, is it a super serious dress code? Well, first I'm going to correct you because they don't call them spectators or fans. They call them patrons. Patrons. So that's Pardon another me. goofy fact. Pardon me. <laughs> And um, yes, the dress code is strict. Like I read, you can't even wear your hat backwards. Did they lose you there? Oh, brother, I'm out. I'm getting escorted out as we if speak. If they didn't lose you there, here's where they would lose me. No cell phones or cameras allowed. Oh, brother. What is this? Uh, no tipping is allowed. No tipping? No running is allowed. No tipping. Because that's gauche. I don't know. <laughs> and if you bring a folding chair, which you will see on TV, it cannot have an armrest. So there are tons of little rules. Oh, brother. Yes. But the dress code, look, you've got to. When I'm watching from my couch, I'll do whatever I want. There you go. You've got to have, you have to be ready to impress. You know, it's a lot of Lily Pulitzer, a lot of brightly colored sundresses and bow ties and whatnot. And it is, it is full of pageantry. And that's what makes it so unique and so special to the sport. Special indeed. I will be watching from my couch in my Crocs and basketball shorts. And I can't wait. Backwards hat. Backwards hat. With an arm um, yeah, with an, everything. <laughs> and I'm tipping myself just because I can't. Yeah. <laughs> now, coming up on Unleashed from the Golf Network, we've got our man Damon Hack in the building. Damon Hack with the Golf Channel, formerly with the New York Times, Sports Illustrated. You've seen him. You've read him. Damon, thank you so much for joining us today to talk about the Masters. Absolutely. Happy Masters Week. Happy Masters Week, Damon. Thank you. You as well. I understand you've checked in to Augusta. You are in your hotel room. What is the COVID process with everyone covering the Masters this year like? And, and is it any different from November? It's uh, kind of similar. Everybody has to get swabbed when they get to town and you also have to get swabbed four days in. So there are very strict protocols similar to November. There won't be a hundred percent capacity of patrons uh, on the golf course, but we're happy to have Mm -hmm. a tournament to talk about, especially in this era of COVID-19, but they're doing everything they can social distancing. Everyone has to wear masks. So, yeah, I can't even go to the property, can't go to the golf course until I get my negative test back. And once I do, I'm ready to roll. Damon, I'm hearing how strict the rules are in general in Augusta. And so I know that their COVID protocols must be official. But I noticed that you used the phrase patrons and I made the deathly mistake of referring to patrons (laughs) as spectators or fans. Did I cross the line. Is this the point of no return or, or do I have anything that can redeem me here? 
I'd put the caution flag up for you. It's early in the week, but I, I would get that spectator or fan vernacular out early so we're not talking Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I, I mean, there are so many uh, little rules and big rules that they have at Augusta National, and one of them is patrons. Uh, they also don't call the the thick grass rough. They call it a second cut. There's no running uh, on the golf course, and this is kind of how they roll. This is what they do. They like to keep things traditional slowed everything down and it's been that way this is my 11th masters guy so uh it's going to be very familiar to me because i've been going for so many years it's been 20 years in total when i first went it was 2002 but 11 overall so uh, not much changes you just kind of fall in line and follow the rules and that way you get your credential back and you can come the, the next year <laughs> Well, Damon, let's get right into the field of competition. Jordan Spieth is a heavy favorite. He's had a great couple months. He just won the Texas Open this past weekend. What do you think his odds are of getting that second green jacket? I think they're fantastic. And I like Jordan to win the Masters before he won in San Antonio, by the way. So I almost feel like everybody's going to be on the, the Jordan Spieth bandwagon. <laughs> but we know his history there. And yeah, he has some some bad history as well. He did the uh, have a great chance in 2016 to go back to back. In fact, he would have joined Jack Nicholas, Tiger Woods, and Sir mm-hmm. Nick Faldo as the only players to go back to back had he donned the green jacket for a second year in a row in 2016. He, of course, hit it into the water twice on the 12th hole and lost that green jacket to Danny Willett. That said, when Jordan Spieth is playing good, there is no better canvas for his gifts than Augusta National. He scrambles with incredible dexterity. His hands around the greens are maybe the best in the game. We saw it in Texas. We've seen it a lot in this comeback over the last two months. He's putting beautifully. His short game is without peer. And his imagination just seems to come out better at Augusta National than anywhere else. I like that. That's beautifully said. You know, this year is just so different. No Tiger Woods, no Brooks Kepka. Just as you look at some of the top names in it, who else do you like? I mean, is it different with those big names out, especially Tiger? His presence is so missed. Yeah, we'll, we'll miss Tiger uh, this year. He's just such a, a needle mover even now. Uh, he's still the biggest name and will probably always be the biggest name just because of what he's done in golf in, in general and specifically at Augusta National. But even without Tiger, some great names, of course, Roy McIlroy trying to complete the career Grand Slam. It's the one major championship that has eluded him. Dustin Johnson trying to go back to back. He won in November by five shots. And don't sleep on John Rahm, the Spaniard, who has a fantastic record at Augusta. Mm-hmm. He just became a father on Saturday. So there's a lot of good mojo yes. and good energy around the young man who went to Arizona State. So I think John Rahm, maybe outside of Speeth, would be my favorite just because I think he'll be coming to Augusta kind of walking on air, you know, kind of floating on a cloud. Has three top tens and four starts at the Masters. So he has form. He has his life in order and in perspective, and that often leads to playing great golf. Damon, quickly, you you mentioned the college there. And uh, so I have to mention yours, UCLA, or one college is rather, UCLA, unfortunately lost very dramatically in the NCAA tournament at the buzzer. I just want to know, are you doing all right? Is there anything we can do for you? You need a a tissue, perhaps? I need a whole box. My man, I was watching the game. In fact, I was at the Charlotte airport, you know, waiting to connect to Augusta. And I watched the end of the game and saw that bank shot. And and my heart sank. 
it's kind of bittersweet because this run has been so improbable for UCLA. We got in via the play-in mm. route, which hardly ever happens. So you beat Michigan State, and we kept stacking wins on wins and playing better the longer the tournament ran on. You know, beat Michigan, and it looked like we were going to take down the undefeated Gonzaga squad. I have so much respect for how they play, but to lose – you know, when it's 90 to 90 and you lose on a bank shot that just, you know, from a half court stripe is just, it's bittersweet. I'm thankful that this team mm. played so hard. It's the most I've ever been proud of a team in defeat, if that makes sense. And they're kind of like frozen in time. This team still will, mm. I think, positively affect recruiting in the years ahead and in losing I still think this team was able to elevate in terms of what it was able to do and elevated status as one of the great teams of this season. Just an absolutely incredible job done by Mick Cronin. So I think everyone was kind of cheering on your Bruins there. That was a fun run to watch. You know, you your history is interesting covering NFL and golf. How did you end up putting that pair together as as your two main wagon wheels, so to speak? Yeah, yeah. Great question. So my first main job as a newspaper writer, I'd done high school sports and some college sports at the Sacramento Bee. And in 1997, all of the sports writers at the Sacramento Bee had kind of covered the Niners and nobody wanted to do it. I was fresh out of graduate school and I was asked if I wanted to cover the San Francisco 49ers. And I was like, of course, why not? So it was almost being at the right place at the right time. They gave me training camp as a, a kind of as a tryout. So six weeks of writing stories. And they said I did a good enough job where I would be the beat writer. I was the beat writer for three years. So that was my NFL entree. And then I started covering golf for Newsday in 2001. So I had this football background, but then I started covering Tiger Woods for Newsday in 2001. So when I got to the Times, I covered football for three years. And then I covered golf for, for two years. And then Sports Illustrated hired me, knew my golf slash NFL background. And I covered the NFL in the fall and winter for Sports Illustrated and golf in the spring and summer. So it was the perfect balance, two sports that have separate seasons, as it were. And, and I've been now covering golf for Golf Channel since 2012. So it's been an amazing ride. Still a big football fan. Grew up in Los Angeles, a Raider fan, hoping for better in 2021. But uh, those are my two loves, golf and the NFL. So if you love golf, what are your favorite golf movies? Because Speedy and I were trying to talk about that, of, of, of what are the best golf movies? There are not many. <laughs> I think you hit it on the head. There aren't that many, but I've got three, and I'll go from three to one. Number three for me would be The Legend of Bagger Vance. You know, Will Smith, you know, listen, and Matt Damon, Charlize Theron at the height of her power. A, a lot of fun to watch. Will Smith as a caddy and Matt Damon, even though his golf swing isn't necessarily PGA Tour grade. I like the story of him uh, as Randolph Juna taking on Bobby Jones in a mythical match. Number two would be Caddyshack. It's it's just one of the, the all time great movies because of the cast that they had to get Bill Murray. And, and you've got the likes of Chevy Chase, uh, Rodney Dangerfield, Ted Knight. So you get this incredible, you know, group of actors that are at the height of their comedic talents and Rodney Dangerfield, you know, God rest his soul. What a terrific actor uh, and comedian he was. And number one for me is Tin Cup. You know, it's the story of Tin Cup who was a driving range pro falls in love with Renee Russo, steals her from Don Johnson uh, and comes up short in his quest to win our national championship, the United States open a Cheech Marin was his caddy. So a lot of fun. Uh, those are my three. Bagger Vance, 
Caddyshack and Tin Cup and you can't go wrong. I was anticipating a Happy Gilmore reference, but unfortunately, I guess it doesn't make your top three, huh? <laughs> That's number four. Uh, it was right there. You know, had the list been a little longer, I would have given the, uh, Adam <laughs> Sandler and, and a little love and, and Carl Weathers as well as, as Chubb. Yeah, but you're right. It's not like they we're talking about the Godfather here. There's just there's not that many great movies like mafia movies. You could talk about, you know, Goodfellas or Godfather, Godfather 2, Donnie Brasco. You know, the list goes on and on. But I think the golf genre uh, is hurting a little bit. For, for fantastic movies. Damien, thank you so much for joining us, man. And uh, enjoy the Masters. Don't break any of the rules because we'd hate to see you get reprimanded. <laughs> we know how strict they are over there. But thanks again for joining us, man. Anytime. I enjoyed it, guys. Enjoy the Masters. Unleashed. Well, now, guys, it's golf social media's absolute favorite from the Action Network. Jason Sobel is here. Jason, what's up, man? How are you? What's up, guys? Thanks so much for having me on. Just got to Augusta. Well, good. That's the place to be, we hear. And so we might as well just go ahead and jump right in uh, with your picks for the Masters. Who do you have your eye on? So I think everyone's got their eye on Jordan Spieth right now, coming off his win at the Valero Texas Open on Sunday. Looks so impressive. He is building, has been building towards this. I mean, if you watch what Jordan has done over the last few months, it's, all right, he put together some good swings and made a few birdies, and it was okay. Then there's a good stretch of holes, and there's one full round, and then there's two full rounds, in a row, and he couldn't quite finish it off over the last few months. Finally now, Going into this week, he has finished it off. He has finally won for the first time in 1,351 days. So do I like Jordan Spieth going into this week's Masters? Absolutely. Do I like him at the price that he's going to be at by the time they tee off Thursday morning? I'm not so sure about that. I think that there are so many good players out there. I just think everyone's going to jump on the Spieth bandwagon right now, and it's going to be really tough for him to repeat. We've only seen four winners of the tournament before the Masters, uh, then repeat the following week. None since Phil Mickelson back in 2006. And so it's going to be a tough task for Jordan. I like him a lot. I've got him number two on my list. Number one, though, is Xander Shoffley. He hasn't played his best golf lately, but strokes gained approach is the best he's had in years, maybe all of his career. And so guy that plays his best golf also in tough situations in the biggest tournaments. And I like Xander this week. So going Xander one, Jordan two, Justin Thomas, who won the Players' Championship, of course, at number three. Not too many surprises in there, but I just don't think we're going to get a surprise winner this week. I think we're going to have one of the big studs, one of the guys that we are aware of their name. We see them on a regular basis popping up on top of that leaderboard come Sunday afternoon. Jason, you mentioned Justin Thomas. He's playing in his sixth Masters, and he's improved his position on the final leaderboard in every tournament he's played at Augusta National, which is incredible. Uh, What are you liking in his game? What would give him a good chance? Yeah, how about that? The fact that Justin Thomas, uh, five previous starts at this event, and he's gotten better every single time. He's really become accustomed to Augusta National. And this is sort of more along the lines of what we've seen over the years at the Masters, which is unlike what we saw from Spieth, where in his first year, he finished in second place. His second year, he finished in first place. And away he goes and, and is able to have success here from a young age and early in his master's career. Justin Thomas is sort of building to something. And this is more along the lines of what we've seen from players over the years. Mm -hmm. They get to their sixth, seventh, eighth time playing this event and they start figuring it out a little bit more. And Justin Thomas has indeed figured it out. He's been the best ball striker 
on the PGA Tour over the last year and a half, two years. I expect that to continue. We saw what he can do. That back nine stretch at TBC Sawgrass last month for the Players' Championship was absolutely fantastic and would not surprise me to see Justin Thomas right up there near the top of the leaderboard come Sunday afternoon. Again, there's so many good players out there. But yeah, JT's a guy that I like a lot this week. Another ball striker, Dustin Johnson, uh, struggling a little bit more putting, but it would be he'd only be the fourth player ever to repeat back to back Masters champions. Um, you mentioned his name earlier. How, how are you liking DJ right now? I like DJ. I mean, look, it, it's hard not to like DJ. You watch him play and you go, how's that guy not win every single week? I mean, he hits it really far. His ball strike is fantastic. He puts it into the hole. What, that's golf. That's everything right there. And so uh, he's the number one player, number one player in the world for a reason. And we should expect some good things from him this week. That said, the recent results scare me just a little bit. Plus, just like you mentioned, he hasn't, nobody's won this golf tournament back to back since Tiger Woods in 2001, 2002. It's really hard to go back to back at the Masters. And so Dustin's a guy that I'm probably going to fade this week. Uh, I don't love him. Can I see it? Is it possible? Absolutely. But I just think that there's something just missing a little bit from DJ's game right now. Well, Jason, you, you, you spoke briefly about Jordan's price when it comes tea time. I'm curious as to what some of your betting picks are for the Masters. What are you seeing that you like? Yes, yeah, we'll get into it. I think a few of the players that aren't necessarily big names have some good prop play opportunity as far as their prices. Corey Connors is going to be probably a pretty top, popular top 10 pick. He's played well. Over his last three starts, the ball striking is always there. He started to putt really well. I like him. Jason Kokrak has been top 10 at each of his last three stroke play events. Played the Masters last November for the first time. Missed the cut, but I think that he bounces back in a big way. And so I like him for a top 10. Matt Fitzpatrick is another one. If everything we know about this golf course is true, that it's going to be fast and firm and it's going to be tough to score and pars are going to be pretty good out there. That's Matt Fitzpatrick's kind of game, and I expect him to have a good week as well. As far as if you're looking for a top five, Paul Casey is a guy that I really like. Paul Casey has been trending in the right direction for a while. He is a guy who has sort of, just like we saw from Danny Willett and Sergio Garcia in 2016 and 17, but he's, a, or excuse me, 2015 and 16, Paul Casey is a guy who won in Dubai earlier this year. And so... There's been a correlation between winning in Dubai and going out and winning the Masters three months later. So if you're looking for a top five play, I think Paul Casey could be a really strong play. And then for outrights, again, Xander Schauffele, who comes into the week right around 20 to one, I believe. That should be a nice play. I, I think that it'll be a little bit contrary. And I know people out there are, whether you're betting, you're playing office pools, you're doing whatever, uh, you like being a little bit different from the crowds. And so I think everyone's going to gravitate towards Jordan. They're going to gravitate towards Justin. They're going to gravitate towards even DJ coming off his win last year, maybe even a little Bryson. But I do think that because of his recent results not being so great, Xander Shoffley is going to have fewer people on him, fewer the less of the public on him this week than some other players. And I do think Xander will be a nice play this week outright. Jason, you mentioned the course will be more difficult. The rumors, obviously, that even weeks out, they were saying it was very firm, very fast. Jordan Spieth has spoken about that. I know you haven't seen the course yet. I know you just got into Augusta, but what are, what are you hearing about that now? Absolutely. Same thing. And the great thing about Augusta is mm -hmm. they can make it any way they want. If it rains out, we're supposed to get some rain overnight Thursday into <laughs> Friday. Guess what? The course will still be fast and firm if they want it fast mm -hmm. and firm for the second round on Friday. So it's one of the great things about this place is that they can set it up the exact way that they want it to play. And 
I would not be surprised after there were record-setting scores in 2019 when Tiger Woods won. There were record-setting scores last year when we had a very soft November and it was easier to fire mm-hmm. at the flagsticks. I would not be surprised if uh, the powers that be at Augusta National want to sort of bite back a little bit this week and have a faster, firmer, much tougher golf course with lower or excuse me, higher scoring than than we're used to seeing over the past couple of years. So I wouldn't bet on any scoring records being broken this week. I think it's going to play out a little bit more difficult. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The last two years yielded the lowest field scoring averages in Masters history. So everyone's kind of looking at numbers wise. But storyline wise, this first quarter of golf has given us kind of a a bit of everything. But there are so many storylines going into this year's Masters. What's some of your favorites? Wow. There's so many good ones. Well, Jordan Spieth right off the top is, uh, I think, storyline number 1A coming into this based on that victory that he had on Sunday at the Valero Texas Open. I think that Everyone's going to be talking about everything Jordan going into this week. The other storylines, John Rahm was, he was iffy. He was a question mark. We weren't sure we were going to see John Rahm this mm-hmm. week, the number three ranked player mm-hmm. in the world. We, we thought that John Rahm might indeed uh, have to skip this one because his wife had their first baby on the way. And yet the baby was born mm-hmm. on Sunday. John Rahm will indeed be at the Masters. And I think he's a, a very strong play as well. And then another guy who loves it when, we tend to try to fade him a little bit when we try to say, you know, I don't think he's going to be, this is going to be his week. I, I don't like him as much. Brooks Kepka coming off knee surgery just a few weeks ago. There was talk that he wouldn't be back for most of this season, six to eight months. A few weeks later, here he is. He was at Augusta on Sunday. He will be at Augusta the rest of the week. From all reports, he's walking a little bit gingerly, but I do believe that Brooks Kepka, when he puts his mind to it, he can go out there and play some really solid golf. So uh, he's shown it in the past. He loves when he can put a little chip on his shoulder when he thinks that people are doubting him. And that's what's going on this week. So I, I think that Brooks Kepka is a big storyline coming into this one, especially if he can get himself on the leaderboard through the first couple of rounds. I expect him to get stronger as the week progresses. Jason, we're talking storylines. So it's only right that we talk about storylines from the silver screen and talk some golf movies for a second. We had Damon on the show, Damon Hack. Uh, he told us his favorite golf movies of all time. Wondering what your favorite golf movies of all time are. Well, number one A has got to be Caddyshack. It's absolutely Caddyshack. Uh, there's so many good lines to it. Every time I watch it, I feel like I come away with something new where I go, man, I, that was just an underrated scene, an underrated line, an underrated little plot twist. So Caddyshack's definitely number one for me. Uh, I'll stick with the comedies. Happy Gilmore, easily number two. I actually just rewatched that yes. uh, just a couple of weeks Classic. ago. It's great. It's fantastic. Another one where you watch it, and you go, man, like that's a really sneaky good line in there. And I, I, I love Happy Gilmore. I can't get enough of it. And then by default, just because there aren't that many great golf movies out there, but I'll throw Tin Cup at number three. The one thing I like about Tin Cup is that they did use real players. So he goes to the U.S. Open and Roy McAvoy is playing against Peter Jacobson and Lee Jansen and Craig Stadler. I mean, that that's really cool that it sort of had that realness to it. So that's my one, two and three in order there. There needs to be a few more, though. I'm, I'm advocating for better golf movies out there. Let's release some of them. Let's release some of them. Indeed. Lastly here, Jason, uh, you know, a lot of times you see footwear is pretty consistent when it comes to the Masters. But Jordan Brand and Nike consistently tries to re, uh, 
you know, shake things up a bit and innovate in the footwear realm of golf. I'm wondering if you see or have ever gotten a chance to see some of the Jordan golf shoes where they, they take a classic retro Jordan and, you know, put the uh, cleat on the bottom. Have you ever seen them? And do you think we could ever see something like that uh, worn on the foot of someone at a, a stage like Augusta? Oh, absolutely. It's happened before. I did a story a few years ago because Keegan Bradley was the first one that was wearing them on the PGA Tour. And so I uh, spoke with him about wearing the Jordans. He said, look, I, I play with MJ back home all the time and I wear Jordans all the time. And I told MJ, why can't I get some spikes on these things and wear them on the golf course? And they started doing it for me. And after Keegan Bradley did it and he came out with some other players started wearing them as well. And so we've seen them at, at big events. Uh, I know Harold Varner wears them. There are a few other guys out there that are wearing Jordans to actual PGA Tour events, wearing them in major championships. I remember speaking with, I actually got a quote from MJ at the time saying, look, we'd love to break into golf. You know, it's a great, it's a great sport for us. It's a great audience for us. We love being around those players. And most of them know Jordan now as well. So there's that relationship. Like I said, Keegan Bradley was the first one. He got in there. He started playing with MJ all the time. They were playing for big money down in South Florida and started getting on them as far as, you know, I, I want to wear your shoes. I need spikes on them, though. Let's do it. And so Jordan called up his guy, his shoe guy, and they started working on it. And not that much longer, Keegan Bradley was the first one out there wearing them. And now you see him on a pretty regular basis, which is pretty cool. Last thing here, you know, you're speaking about some uh, big, big, big names there. I'm curious who you think is the best golfer that's not a professional golfer. Maybe somebody like MJ. You know, we've seen Charles Barkley has a notorious swing there. Uh, is there somebody who you think is good enough to maybe ever make a, a run at uh, becoming a pro? It is not Charles Barkley. I can tell you that much. We'll, we'll go through the process of I knew, elimination. I knew you'd say that. Barkley's out. I knew you'd say okay. that. Okay. MJ, from everything I hear, is a pretty good player. But for him, it's more about... Hey, I'm going to bet more than makes you comfortable. And so he can make the other person feel uncomfortable. And so it's more about sort of that intimidation process just a little bit as far instead of his game itself. I would throw a guy like uh, Steph Curry is a, is a very good player. He's played in. I hear he's really good. Web.com event in the past. Tony Romo has played in a bunch of events. John Smoltz has qualified for the U.S. Senior Open in the past. So if you're looking for someone from the world of athletes, the those are probably about the top names. There are a few other guys. Mark Mulder I've played with before, the former Oakland A's pitcher. He's a really good player. He plays with a lot of guys in the Scottsdale area who play on the PGA Tour. So these guys can hang a little bit. And, you know, I was speaking with one of my buddies who plays on the PGA Tour not that long ago, and he said, look, on any given day, I can lose to one of my buddies who's a scratch handicap, and they can beat me. But the thing is, they can't do it long term. They can't go out there on the PGA Tour and week in, week out, go through that grind and go out and shoot 66, 67 every day. That's just too hard for these guys. Well, we know it won't be Charles Barkley, like you said, because that swing is, is God awful. It is, it is bad. But Jason, thank you so, so very much for joining us. And uh, we look forward to seeing what you got coming out of Augusta. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Cannot wait for this week. I'm so fired up. The hype machine is up to 11 already. It's only Sunday. Love it. Thank you, Jason. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Lions. 
He walked us through March Madness and told you where to put your money. And now he's getting us ready for Masters Week with BetMGM. Let's welcome in Peter Andrew to help us know who to look for, what names, some names you might not see coming. Peter, thank you so much for joining us again. I think we have voted and you are a third co-host. He is. He's <laughs> a co-host it. officially. Congratulations. You're one of us now. Thanks, guys. I'm, I'm honored. I'm honored. Worst looking of the three, but it's fine. I want to get right into this field of competition. Jordan Spieth is such a heavy favorite. He just won the Texas Open on Sunday. I actually read he'll be one of the most wagered upon golfers in history. Um, what does that mean? And, and why is he such a heavy favorite? Yeah, I think when you talk about the four-year drought, I believe it was, people have been waiting for this day, seeing Spieth back on top. So I know it was only the Texas Open. But I think you have an opportunity here to see him win two in a row. Where better than at Augusta? I think between him, the normal guys like DJ, obviously Bryson coming in, uh, I think you'll see heavy, heavy percentage of our handle wagered on those guys to win outright. Not necessarily my picks, but it'll be a great four days starting on Thursday. I was going to say so the what same thing. What are, the, what are your picks? Yeah. So I've, I think my theme for, for golf this year is really going with the up and comers. So the, the young guys, the 25 and unders kind of Colin Morikawa, I think uh, everybody has seen it, especially over the mm-hmm. last year. One of the, probably the highest rising stars, especially Americans. He's at 30 to one right now. I love his chances. Uh, I think if he has a good first couple of days, obviously makes the cut. I think he'll be right up there with some of the big boys. And then two other guys that I've really pinpointed with really, really good value on the betting side. Victor Hovland, Oklahoma State guy, uh, has really looked good. I think he's come pretty close on a couple of different tournaments. But him at 33 to 1, again, great value. And then you've got a guy like Matthew Fitzpatrick, 66 to 1. He's not that bad of a golfer. He's actually quite good golfer, great short game. He can hit the ball. I think his accuracy sometimes uh, is what strays him away from being more consistent. But I got those three guys at the top of the leaderboard, hopefully on, on Sunday as we're wrapping things up. Well, if you were to explain to someone who's betting on the Masters for the first time, different ways they can put their money out there, I mean, obviously picking the winner, but what else can you bet on? And then also prop bets. What are some fun Masters prop bets? Yeah. So, uh, you know, the, like you said it best, Olivia, everybody knows that to win outright is kind of the hottest bet. Uh, obviously, the, the odds you get on some of these long shots is great, but I think you have a lot of cool opportunity with some of the markets, top five, top 10. And then you have three and four ball where uh, you can actually bet on that person to win their specific group. I think those are really interesting things. Uh, Obviously, the odds aren't as great, but you have a pretty good sense of potentially who you think will come out out of those three. Something that we're doing really cool here at BetMGM this week, we were actually giving every single customer a golf boost token. What that actually does, it boosts whatever bet you want for the Masters up 15% in value. So, So anything you get, we're going to be we're going to be best price in town because of that golf boost token. So by the time we kick off, hopefully every customer bet MGM's got a bet on and is watching the Masters. So something really cool we're doing this year and super excited. And on top of that, something that's become a staple of bet MGM is our Lions boost. So we pick and select a different special bet each day. I think everybody can tune in Thursday right after listen to this and check out our Lions boost for the Masters. And we'll have one for Friday, Saturday and Sunday as well. So, Peter, stepping away from golf for just a second, I'm reading reports that New York lawmakers are close to legalizing mobile sports betting in New York. How big of a deal would that be for sports betting at large? Oh, my gosh. Uh, This is the one, you know, we've all been waiting for. The other operators 
have all been waiting for. Obviously, everybody in New York City, New York State, this is absolutely massive. So if Cuomo can figure this out and come through for the people of New York, this would be absolutely huge. Just think about going to the Garden, going to Barclays Center, going to a Yankee game, putting a bet on right in your seat. I mean, the stuff that we're doing here in New Jersey and certainly across our other nine states, uh, it's become such a staple of just watching sports in general and enjoying sports, uh, being able to put a $10 bet on something, be able to put 50 on your favorite team. So having that opportunity in New York would be really huge. So really eager to see the, hopefully the final, um, the final news come out this week and hopefully it's all positive and we can start prepping for a New York launch. Well, Peter, thank you so much. I can't wait for a normal Masters week. It was so weird watching it back in November. So thank you for the advice of where to put our money. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate it. Well, Olivia, we've been asking all of our guests about their favorite golf movies. And we haven't chimed in yet. So I guess you can go first quickly. What is Olivia's favorite golf movie? Well, I'm inspired after Damon's list because I really want to watch The Legend of Bagger Vance. So maybe tonight I'm going to cozy in, get ready for Masters Week and watch that. But I've never seen it. I've also never seen Caddyshack. I'm embarrassed to say. It's a classic. I know. My husband always laughs. My sense of humor is not that. (laughs) Like I've seen Happy Gilmore. I don't think it's that funny. I'm not a big Adam Sandler fan. I any of those movies are just not my cup of tea. I grew up in such a girl family. Like we didn't grow up watching the Adam Sandler type movies. Got it. All right. That's fair enough. My favorite golf movie is not a golf movie, but I'm going to justify it because there is a golf scene in the movie. That's cheating. Listen, That's what, you got to hear me out. Hear my justification. The movie I'm picking is Good Burger with Keenan and Kel. Now listen, <laughs> in the movie... Keenan no. and Kel go on a double date and Kel's date oh, I know. is Carmen Electra and they go mini golfing. And so not a golf it's, movie. There's a, there's a golf scene. Okay. There's a, it's a very iconic moment where Kel hits the ball and it ricochets off a million things and hits uh, Carmen Electra right in the dead center of her forehead. And so for that alone, <laughs> I think we can justify it as a golf movie. That's my pick, and I'm sticking to it. Good burger it is. Well, guys, that is our show for today. If you love golf, we hope you loved this show that was dedicated just to it. Now, make sure to check out all of the action from BetMGM. You can follow them everywhere at BetMGM. And please, as always, we only ask one favor. Leave us a review on the show on Apple Podcasts and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll see you guys next week.